0: Hello and welcome to the Growing Mums podcast with me, Kira Hawkins. I'm a primary school teacher, and ordinary mum of two, trying to muddle through motherhood and learn from my mistakes along the way. Here we will be talking all things modern parenting, from baby and toddler sleep to self-development and growth. We will be having those raw conversations that we often don't get a chance to have in the playground and we will be searching for those moments where we find connection through shared experiences. So get ready for some expert advice as well as insightful motherhood confessions. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a brilliant week. Gosh, interesting chats this week. Um, A lot of people are feeling really overstimulated, overwhelmed. I've had a lot of chats about um, wondering whether you might be neurodivergent. My I had a really good chat with my friend who has recently been diagnosed with ADHD. Um, And it was really interesting because so many of the symptoms that she was describing, I feel like I have. Um, But yeah, it's really interesting. Please send in any feedback you have about this because it seems to be a really common theme at the moment. Anyway, today's guest is a very exciting one. I messaged her, took a chance to see if she might come on my podcast. She often says no because she's asked a lot, but she actually said yes and agreed to come on the podcast. Um, Her name is Sophie Harris. She is called Looking After Mum on Instagram and she is a pre a pregnancy and postpartum psychotherapist so she works with mums who are suffering from low mood postnatal depression postnatal anxiety um and she helps them to feel confident and content and kind of brings them back to where they want to be so um yeah i really hope you enjoy this chat we talk about so many different things hi sophie It is so lovely to have you on the podcast thank you so so much for coming on and taking the time because I know that you're a busy lady because I follow you on Instagram and I can see all the things that you're up to so yeah you've got a lot going on right now. Thank you I'm very pleased to
1: be here thanks for having me.
0: Oh good thank you. Um, So please could we start by
1: you just telling
0: us a little bit about you and what it is that you do.
1: So I am a pregnancy and postpartum psychotherapist And I basically work with new mums. I strongly believe that maternal mental health is like massively underrepresented and that so many new mums go through this process of needing to build these emotional skills that we've not had to build before. Like the difficulties are inevitable. I don't like the term postnatal depression particularly because I, I feel like we can just... yeah people go through a lot basically and I want to normalize that and also to help people feel better
0: Mm, absolutely there's so much that I want to unpick with that but um we've got loads to get through but yeah absolutely no thank you that is amazing and you're a mum yourself as well oh yeah so I forgot
1: to mention my daughter she She is coming up free so she is uh was born in the pandemic in October 2020 and that was also the week that I started my business as well so uh, they kind of go hand in hand for me
0: oh my gosh that's incredible wow so you were doing um what so you were you were working in a different capacity not with
1: mums before yeah so I previously I worked for the NHS in Hackney and then I was on maternity leave and I desperately didn't want to go back to my old job so I started my business I was also quite depressed myself at the same time so it was kind of weird because it was capitalizing on what I was going through at the moment and it's only been probably in the last six months that I've would fully say I'm not depressed I feel really good I've like been through a lot of my mental health these last few years and that Yeah, that informs a lot of my practice as well. Mm, That's kind of amazing
0: that you because you've been through it, you can really like maybe truly empathize with some of your clients, like from a place of experience. And that probably means so much to them as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Often I'm silently relating very hard to what they're saying, or if not verbally relating in some cases.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's amazing. Wow. Well, thank you so much for like sharing that with us. I mean, yeah, in my experience, all all I can say is motherhood shook me to the core. It just there's like not one part of you that goes unchanged when you become a parent, and then combine that with like sleep deprivation, and I mean for you again, well and me as well, the pandemic, like the whole thing is just yeah. Um, But no, thank you. That's like amazing to yeah hear your story. So we have actually had so many questions coming in for you. So I think maybe we'll just like start with some of those. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay amazing thank you so I the first one that we've had is about catastrophizing so how do you deal with catastrophizing everything because anxiety is high in terms of accidents or illnesses I've been a mum a long time but I'm always thinking of the worst case scenario
1: yeah okay so catastrophizing everything so I feel like imagine your hyper vigilance to danger is on high alert all the time that like something's going to go wrong you're in this like constant fight or flight mode that something's gonna happen so I would suggest the physical side of that of like Trying as much as possible to relax your nervous system, to try and move out of this fight or flight state wherever possible. So things like trying to take deep belly breaths, because I know when I'm highly anxious, my breathing gets really shallow and it's like I'm preparing to go into battle, Uh, like spending time in nature. Um, trying to get sunlight first thing in the morning. It's obviously so much more difficult with lack of sleep. Um, but all of this stuff is really important and just trying to do what you can. Like what I can do now, my daughter is nearly free. It's completely different to in that first year or so. But I think we can still just try to even look out the window first thing in the morning if we're not able to get out. Um, and then in terms of thought processes, it is trying perhaps to ground yourself that this is your anxiety speaking like there is and it's not the whole of you that's catastrophizing it's like that anxious part of you it's like you can almost give it a name and be like my anxiety or give it some other name like is saying this however I know that this happens it's like trying to externalize that anxiety And just recognize that that's all it is. Like anxiety is a completely normal response to having a baby when you're getting rid of care, getting rid of getting used to caring for another human being, and just getting really good at being able to experience your anxiety without totally buying into it. Mm -hmm. And that's I could spend a lot longer talking about it, obviously, but that's summarized.
0: Yeah, I think that's an absolutely amazing advice. And I know exactly that from my, because I have had a lot of anxiety in the past and um, Mm -hmm. that helps so much. Like you say, not buying into it. You're like, okay, this is just my brain. It does this, it's anxiety. And Mm -hmm. let's just not listen to it we'll just try
1: and think of yeah we'll try and like see the big picture here yeah yeah I often get it with like say you know if someone's not texted you back and you're like I've done something to annoy them I've done something to annoy them and it's like I am getting better it's still a work in progress but of like this is what I do I always think it's that I've annoyed someone however I haven't like let's just assume the best in this situation and just like creating a new neural pathway of a more helpful way of dealing with it
0: yeah I think that's really yeah such good advice thank you okay and then the next question is is there anything quick that can help with overstimulation often counting to three doesn't cut it for me
1: yes so I was very overstimulated last night what did I do I I for me the best possible thing is walking around the block ideally without my daughter there if that's been the cause of my overstimulation so if there's any chance of someone being able to take my daughter half an hour whilst I go for a walk around the block really really fast like that is my go-to but also doing it I put her maybe in the pram with a bag of crisps or something or like just something where she's not going to talk to me too much or not cry too much hopefully (laughs) and just try and get that movement for me that is really helpful um yeah I meditation like kind of grounding yourself reminding yourself that you're safe you're okay um screen time as well like Mm -hmm. I will use if I'm with my daughter I will give her a screen and try and go into another room just for a few minutes because I just want to recenter myself because in those moments I'm at risk of being really mean to my daughter not properly mean but like you know grumpy, irritable and so I want to do everything that I can to try and remind myself that it's not her fault as well Mm -hmm. because it When I'm overstimulated, I can often feel like that. Uh, Yeah, deep belly breathing again. Uh, One of my membership members suggested singing. And this was really helpful, actually. And in the car on the way back from nursery when it's all chaotic, but like singing, and that has been really helpful as well. So there's a few ideas.
0: Mm, Amazing ideas. Thank you so much. Yeah, they're great ideas. And actually, that kind of leads me on because I wanted to ask you, do you know much about... um, just talking about the way we speak to children so Mm. do you know much about the impact that it has on children if um like say we are screaming at them because we're overstimulated and we just lose it like if we're if we're not doing that often but like Mm. occasionally we are you know we're all human and we do it sometimes yeah what sort of impact do you think that has on a child do you think it's okay because it's not all the time or what do you think?
1: Yeah, so I think we are a generation of mums who are so hard on ourselves, aren't we? Because it's like I, I would—I don't know about your parenting or the way you were parented, but I know I certainly wasn't parented the way I parent my daughter. Yeah. Um, and so we've got this kind of perfectionism when it comes to parenting, and obviously we want the best for our children, and we feel so guilty. That like, I always feel so guilty when I lose my temper. With my daughter and I can't sit here and say it's okay to lose your temper like it's Mm. you know like you know you it's not that we should it's like we can work on it but we can have also complete compassion of where it's coming from like we all will lose our temper at times it's not going to damage or scar them and especially when we apologize like Mm. I think of it as like an open loop and I For me, say in my childhood, that loop would always be open once someone shouted, but there's no closing of the loop, like that, like dysregulation. So I tried to remember that with my daughter and to close the loop for her and then like hug her. Like she weed all over me the other day. I was really annoyed. And then I was able to calm myself down and then like we exchange and then we have a hug afterwards to like say like oh like let's make up now and because that's the bit that I think was probably lacking for a lot of us in our childhoods.
0: Mm, it's like repairing and also yeah. I think that I also think that teaches them that we as adults make mistakes and as long as we apologize and we learn from that mistake then actually that's okay it's teaching them that maybe it's okay to make mistakes but I am no
1: I'm not an expert but I I do no no like you are too like honestly and like it's just part of life isn't it we all get annoyed get angry and I think it's more this kind of where it becomes more problematic is where it's like we're constantly doing it and not even considering our children as yeah. human beings which is probably what would have happened a lot more in the past yeah and um, and yeah so it's like a very different experience
0: you actually posted that story yesterday and it resonated with me with, with me so much about 80s 90s children and then now we're so kind of anxious about the way we parent and like apologizing for everything like I always feel like oh god I asked her to put her shoes on without saying please I'm so you know like I'm so awful like that sort of thing and actually perhaps there's like we need to find some sort of happy medium don't we where we're being also being authentic with our children because sometimes I feel like I'm putting on a bit of an act this gentle parenting act and it's just like not real and I think she senses that and then doesn't respect it I don't know
1: absolutely and I I feel like generally I'm very nice to my daughter like I you know talk to her I respect her blah 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 but then it's like when these moments of overstimulation can hit it's like I can change in those moments and like become like either irritable and a bit mean or I can be like really permissive and just Mm. like let her have anything just like yeah eat ice cream at whenever like I don't know like because it's just I'll do anything for the easy life so I think but yeah I think we're all a work in progress basically aren't we and I heard something that was I found really helpful the other day of um like when we're cycle breaking we're not stopping every single trauma that's ever been passed down for our family but if we can do quite a few of them like we're we're giving it a good shot like we're all right to like not be perfect and to not stop every bad thing that's ever happened intergenerationally in all of our family yeah
0: uh, well yeah absolutely that would be just an impossible task wouldn't it no I think we're all doing a good job and obviously we know more now um Mm. but I still think you know probably our kids will have something to annoyed at us about and yeah. like it's scary that idea isn't it yeah. but it's true yeah absolutely no thank you um so this is a good one when will I feel normal again and when will I stop hating my husband
1: okay yeah <laughs> I right, good question and neither <laughs> of them I'm sorry neither of them have an answer a proper answer mm. um I think there is it's all let's go with the normal again, first of all, because mm-hmm. the husband is a whole other complex issue. Mm-hmm. Um, the normal again, it's I think we expect ourselves to feel normal way quicker than what we do after giving birth because of that, all of that societal conditioning we've had, and so there's it's always like an interesting balance of. It's okay to not feel normal. Like you're not like meant to feel normal. And I heard on someone else's podcast. I think it was Zoe Blasky, mm, Motherkind, uh, yeah, podcast. And someone was saying about how the uh, a flamingo loses. its I know. Yeah. Years after giving birth, mm. and then they and it comes back because you give so much of your energy to your children. And I really liked that because it is extremely true mm-hmm. and so just you know it's okay to not feel normal but we can still do these small acts to get in contact with what like who we are Um, I think we get into this perfectionist style of parenting I know of my daughter I couldn't leave her like I was a pandemic parent I just felt too guilty to leave her I if I was to have a second child then I would probably be have more balance in those early days like for me personally but everyone's very different Mm. so yeah doing things to get in contact with whatever normal might feel to you but also it's okay to not want to go out with friends or not have the energy to socialize your tank will be full your like energy tank will be empty that's the other Mm. one yeah and that's okay yeah absolutely
0: and yeah like you say there's this kind of pressure to bounce back but also for me personally I just felt like what's happening to me I want to feel normal again and it's not Mm. it wasn't about going out or anything it was about just like like you say connecting with myself and I only really started to do that with my second because we came out of pandemic and I was able to like go and see my friends or and then I I just got into manifesting and like starting to do things out of self-love and I know like People talk about like self-love and get a bit annoyed about like self-love and self-care and it should be called something else. Mm. And it's not about going like doing an hour of yoga every day or whatever. But personally, I think so much like, I. Do, what do you think? Actually, I wanted to ask mm. you, how do you think self-love comes into anxiety and how you feel postpartum? Because it's mm. really hard to put yourself first or not even put, put yourself first, but just remember yourself as well when you have a yeah. child. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, what do you think?
1: Yeah, we've been we've grown up with this idea that mothers shouldn't be uh, like they they should put themselves last, basically. And so that's like this ideal that we've been given, whereas actually I don't know about you, but I am like a million times better parent when my like when I'm looking after myself like now I run and I love running and I also put makeup on now and do my hair like for about two years I just wore the same leggings and t-shirt and navy blue fleece like every day I, in, when I was depressed, I wasn't really watching that often like because I was working from home, and I was wasn't going anywhere to do anything. Yeah. and it's like just these all of this stuff it just builds up and makes you feel lower and lower. And I am a million times better parent to my daughter. Now I put her in front of the TV like with her dad. well, so I go for a run in the morning and then spend the day with her. and when I feel good in myself and when I'm not feeling depressed because I'm never looking after myself
0: hello how about you oh absolutely the same I think I felt really I can easily feel quite resentful in motherhood um Mm. particularly because I feel like my partner has no idea because I have predominantly been like work like with my kids like not working but I've actually gone back to work recently because I just needed something for myself Mm. and that's made me a lot happier made me really appreciate time with the kids but even just like you say wearing nice clothes putting on makeup like just because you're a mum doesn't mean you're not a human who deserves to feel good about yourself anymore and I think it's like hard to remember that because like you say we see mothers as this like it's like once you become a mum like you're not attractive anymore you're not kind of worthy of buying new clothes or wearing makeup or any of these things. Um, but actually I think that's changing now. I think people mm. like you and Zoe Blasky and all of those kind of like leading motherhood people are really like holding the flag up high for this because
1: um ultimately it just makes much happier mothers, which then makes for much happier children. Yeah, absolutely. Like I used to like, and I'm sure loads of people will relate to this of like, without my baby I felt kind of worthless like I was Mm. like oh like I I suddenly felt like I shouldn't be there like I just wanted to be invisible that's yeah like for ages I wanted to be invisible and that's like that feeling's gone now which I've only just realized when talking about it because for so long I just didn't want to be seen like and Mm. I didn't know I kind of lost my like sexuality like yeah who I was I used to feel quite hot like I don't yeah, know exactly I didn't just never wanted to be seen and then that like that feeling has come back of like wanting to be seen in some way well like feeling mm. worthy of being seen I guess it is because it did definitely go for a really long time absolutely you've got a brain behind being a mum you've
0: got a body a personality behind just being a mother yeah totally I completely relate to that and also that does come down to is it matrescence matrescence mm-hmm. like I think you know what are you now your daughter's three um yeah. so I guess like you've been through that and I guess maybe we all lose ourselves a bit and then we kind of come around and maybe come a bit full circle but we're a different version of ourselves once we come out yeah. of that period
1: and also a lot like in, for me at least I feel like I'm a better version of myself I my I say my depression would tell me at the time it was just myself telling myself that that I'd ruin my life I would often think that mm-hmm. I'd be like what did I do that like, I ruined my life like, I used to have such an easy life where I went on holiday and I traveled I've always been very independent and then I would just constantly think I'd ruin my life whereas now I and what I wanted to be back to that kind of slightly old reckless version of myself whereas yeah. now I'm not reckless I'm quite soft I take things slowly but I much prefer the new me like it's yeah it's much better and my therapist told me that I would feel (laughs) that way but I never believed her (laughs) oh absolutely
0: I think and I think you're echoing what so many mothers would say once they have kind of come through matrescence and like that's very different to like depression and postnatal depression Mm. but but everyone does go through this matrescence kind of thing and yeah I think they'd say once you start to get your pink feathers back you are the best version of yourself that you can be basically because you've been like dragged through the dirt in terms of sleep deprivation having not having your basic needs met so I think then Mm. once you start to get them back you're just like good this is easy. I don't know. But that's how I feel. I feel like now I can go to work the job that I used to find incredibly taxing. I now Mm. don't emotionally. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That sort of thing. Um,
1: And I think you appreciate stuff like, say running used to be a chore, whereas now I'm like, I get to run. Yeah. Like I just like the independence. Yeah. And but it's like we've like, sorry, how old are your children? my I've got a four-year-old and a nearly two-year-old okay yeah so that's helpful context but you've kind of got a bit more capacity now yeah I'm very conscious of that because I post a lot about self-care on my Instagram or like in my stories at least and I know it's not always possible, especially in those early times, but you've got that capacity to do stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that concept. I'm always like, with my clients, it's like completely understanding that it's really hard, but also that gentle nudge of like, okay, but what can we do? Like, even yeah. when it's really difficult, like, but not that whole kind of victim blaming of like, oh, you just need to go to the gym. when. Oh, absolutely time balance and
0: I think that's really hard to get that balance right because I think when you're in it and it's a bit like with perhaps depression like you really struggle to see the light like Mm. to see the joy or where you could take a minute like you end up with a you're in a completely different place mentally aren't you so it's really yeah so it's really hard to see like oh, but I could just like hand the baby to my partner for 10 minutes and just go and like go for a walk or go and have a bath. Um, But anyway, I mean, it's something that we all go through, and you're here to support women in those times. So that's what's amazing. And I think we all need, you know, quite a lot of my questions have been around postnatal support for women generally, um, Mm. and the lack of it in this country. And is it different in other cultures, other societies? Or what do you think about that?
1: So I feel like the services have got more stretched. The NHS services, at least, um, and so it in if you're looking for some support, then there's a, a service called IAPT I used to work for in the NHS, um, and that that they used to do it. So at least in Hackney where people like new mums with a baby under a year were meant to be seen in two weeks, but then that was maybe for. Then you've also got the perinatal mental health team, but I've heard of some really long waiting lists recently. I've had a few clients refer who had initially gone for NHS treatment, but the waiting lists were really long. So I I don't know how that's working out at the moment because it's been a while since I worked in the services. I think if you are looking for free support, it's definitely worth still checking it out. If, um, but then, yeah, just be prepared that it may not always mm. be available basically everybody
0: just needs one of you like from the week after they have a baby like once a week until their child's maybe like three or four because I think that's that's gonna be that would be something that women would look forward to every single week like somebody actually looking after them like Mm. that is what we all need in motherhood because I don't know about you but one of the hardest things for me in motherhood is I've just felt like no one's looking after me all I ever do is look after everyone else until you finally realize that you have to look after yourself
1: yeah absolutely and so this is where the name of my business looking after mum came from because I, it was when I was early postpartum, I was like, who's looking after me? Yeah. And this is one of those moments where I was feeling in deep despair. And then I like flick into business, but I'm like, oh, looking after mum, that's a really good name. It's great. Yeah. So then that's where the name of my business came from.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. But that's how the best that's like a proper passion project, isn't it? When you are going through something and you really care about it. So then you turn it into a business. So I think that's amazing. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Cool. okay. Amazing. Thank you. Um, this is quite a good one. Like, how do you know if you've got postpartum anxiety, postnatal depression, or it's just something that all mums go through when they have a child?
1: Okay. Yeah. So this this is what annoys me about just mental health care in general. Like, we love a label and a pigeonhole. And some people actually find it really validating to have like a set a label to their experience. I actually remember when I was diagnosed with complex PTSD, I found that label actually really helpful because it was giving a, a name to a set of experiences I felt very lonely in. However, on the flip side of that, it is... Sometimes we just spend so long trying to work out: is it depression? Is it anxiety? Mm-hmm. And like, and we kind of almost talk about it like it's a disease that we're going to mm-hmm. catch. Like, am I going to catch postnatal depression? Whereas, if you look at the DSM, which is like the diagnosis criteria, we'd all have it basically. But the NHS website is saying that only one in ten uh, people would post have. One in 10 people have postnatal depression, which in my opinion is way, way, way too low. And so the general advice I give, which would differ from most therapists, because I hear therapists talking about this very differently, but it's just to not worry too much about whether it's like whether it's diagnosed as depression or whether it's diagnosable postpartum anxiety, but just more to think, is this causing you significant distress and it I guess that comes with like say getting some kind of therapy or some kind of support. It's not if you're mentally ill. It's just like mm-hmm. we can all do with it. Do you know what I mean? Like say so just yeah. trying to reach out for some support in whatever way that may look like. Um if you are feeling distressed by what you're going through
0: yeah I that's really good to know and I think it it must depend on so many factors your past experiences your own upbringing like Mm. your mental health in the past your situation right now how much support you have like there must just be so many things that go into it that everyone perceives you know everyone experiences it differently so it's really hard to say yeah absolutely
1: and I kind of so I struggle with some of it because like life for new mums is pretty hard sometimes do you know what I mean like it's yeah. pretty shit sometimes like we all the like, sleep deprivation as well. absolutely the lack of support the kind of the societal bias like the patriarchy like there's a lot of stuff which is causing it and so I what I don't like is when say um like you know say if you go to a GP and it's like it's like it's very medical and it's like like it's not I don't know, it's kind of adding another label to the mum rather than actually supporting them and understanding Like, actually things are pretty hard right now. Like, mm. there's It's kind of labelling that there's something wrong with you. It can sound like not to everyone. And so yeah. that's why I struggle with it a bit.
0: Yeah, no, that's really interesting, actually. I think you're right. I guess that's because I was going to say, like, at what stage do you go to the doctor? Because mm. I guess a lot of people feeling like that actually going to the doctor would be incredibly daunting if you're already feeling vulnerable and then you're met with like well
1: are you this or are you this and yeah yeah absolutely and I don't want to scare people because I have heard many clients who've had really positive experiences from their doctors and there'll be a lot of doctors who are very clued up around this but there's also people they just some of the doctors just don't get it um I actually remember when I was newly postpartum and I was given the checklist and I know the checklist because I've done the checklist on people and I was like, <laughs> I don't want you, I don't want to fill this out. I've had this real objection to it. And I so I kind of lied on it because I just couldn't be bothered. And I that's the kind of cynical part in me. And I'm not suggesting other people do that, but just to know that it's it's OK if you've not had a great experience with your doctor as well, because they're not necessarily going to be like hugely clued up on it. But hopefully you can have someone who would be more if I was to give a bit of practical advice, it would probably be often to go to like the IAPT service or like someone who is. So if you are if you know your doctor isn't very good at this stuff, like go straight to the people who are trained in mental health, because at least hopefully they'll understand what's going on for you. Yeah, I say that as someone who saw a doctor once who didn't know what PTSD was and I had to explain it to her. And it was actually really traumatizing the actual experience of trying to explain my like biggest issues to someone who just didn't get it. So Mm -hmm. I wish I'd gone straight to the mental health services in that case.
0: Okay, that is good advice. Yeah, okay, brilliant advice. And that sort of, if you are then diagnosed by a mental health team or your doctor, what is then the process of treatment? Say you're diagnosed with anxiety. What is, yeah. or if you have clients that come to you with anxiety, what does treatment for anxiety look like?
1: Yeah, so it varies really. Um, cognitive behavioural therapy is one of the styles of treatment, which is that will be used primarily in the NHS. There'll be very little other styles of therapy used. Um, I tend to find, so the way I work with my clients is a bit of a mixed approach where, I feel motherhood is such a time where you need a lot of processing and a space to talk about what is going on. But also for me... I like the kind of action-taking, some of the action-taking of CBT, of like, okay, what can we do differently? Maybe we're analysing a situation about what went on, understanding what was triggered from the past, like recognising, oh, that happened when I was four years old. But it's like, okay, but what can we do differently? Like, what are we going to try differently next week? And I, I like that kind of action moving forward approach.
0: Mm, so is that kind of like a mixture of cbt and what like solution focused and yeah
1: I think so So I think it's a mixture of cbt and psychodynamic is I'd say what I do because my personal therapy is psychodynamic and I really value it and I really get a lot from it but it's just talking all about my childhood and sometimes I just want a bit of like come on like give me like something to do like I I want to feel better now and so I feel like that's where my uh, therapy lies, somewhere in the middle. Mm,
0: that's really, yeah, that's really interesting. Both my parents are therapists. One does CBT, one does okay. psychodynamic. Okay,
1: interesting. Um,
0: yeah, and yeah, I've had like both, a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, all therapy is great. You just get different things from different types, don't you? So a mix is probably perfect. Yeah, totally. Yeah cool thank you um and then let's do a couple more and then we can talk I'd love to talk for you to talk a little bit about like your course and the different things that you offer um so oh go on I'd love to hear a little bit about you could you please could you tell us like one of your I, I ask everybody please could you tell us what would you do if you had a night without your daughter like she's
1: safe in someone else's hands what would you do Oh, I am such an introvert loner. I will go Mm -hmm. to a hotel room, maybe a nice walk in nature, Mm -hmm. and then just go to a hotel room on my own and just chill on my own, like that is my that's what I get a lot of enjoyment at the moment.
0: Amazing. And do you think that's partly because of your job and you're always seeing people, talking to people? Yeah,
1: so what I realise, I am highly sensitive. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you probably uh, yeah. you know like, I'm highly sensitive. And yeah. so the world often feels so overwhelming, like and just interactions with people feel so overwhelming and I if there's people around me I will be thinking what they're thinking and like kind of I use so much energy and so I like I just need to recharge like and also yeah with my therapy clients clearly um and it feels good and I like it and I love my job etc but I Just need that time like running is also providing that now where I just don't need to think about other people at all so yeah that's what I value Mm. yeah that's really nice
0: yeah you're the first person that I've kind of seen Talking about being highly sensitive, mm. um, because I, I actually have the same, like, I find I love socializing and I need it, mm. but I find it exhausting. And I'm, like, you say, like, so heightened to what everyone around me is doing and thinking, and that is exhausting. Um, so I think highly sensitive, like, that's quite a good way of understanding oneself,
1: yeah, uh, putting it like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it can be helpful say when you respond to things differently to say like maybe your partner is just cool as a cucumber and just worry (laughs) about things and you're like why am I like this and but yeah and do you think it stems from childhood or not Yeah, so I'm still trying to piece all of this together for myself so I think I have always been a very sensitive child and I think I was probably somewhat born that way Mm. um but also there was quite a bit of trauma in my childhood and this like state of hypervigilance. And I think a lot of people will have versions of this as well, where like maybe home wasn't always safe. Like it's like, I couldn't always just relax and like be in my like rest and digest place. So I would be like, scanning people or like checking that like maybe that person wasn't going to be angry or so there's a real hyper vigilance nature to it as well so I really see in myself the combination of these two things of probably the impacts of some trauma but also this um I I believe born with it
0: Mm, yeah nature and nurture yeah yeah I, I I actually think the same yeah I agree I think we can blame our parents for so much but then there's so much research to suggest that children are just born with I think it's 400 personality traits already within them so so like actually what they're saying about that is that we don't need to stress ourselves out as much as we do because we don't have as much control over how they turn out as we sometimes feel we do
1: absolutely that's really nice also I heard something which I found encouraging the other day of um like so I don't know about other people listening to this but I've always been told you're too sensitive oh my Mm. god you're so sensitive oh my god what's wrong with you you're too sensitive blah 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 so I uh have grown up thinking I'm too sensitive but if we look after our children who are perhaps more sensitive I heard that if you like if you kind of respect their sensitivity and like look after that then they will grow up to care for themselves and to do that themselves whereas if you're maybe on my end like my tendency is to self-neglect and like completely neglect my needs because I've learned I'm too sensitive but we mm-hmm. can do that for our children of just kind of um yeah respect too. yeah that's actually
0: amazing because I think um like you say neglecting and like always telling yourself like I'm too sensitive you know Even Mm. if you are for some people too sensitive, that doesn't mean that that's not your sensitivity isn't valid and that you shouldn't look after it and tell yourself what you need to tell yourself, whether that's I am enough, you know, like affirmations. Well, what do you think about affirmations?
1: Yeah, so I've never really got hugely into them until today, (laughs) randomly. I just started repeating affirmations because I had a lot come out in my therapy session earlier and just this kind of lifelong unworthiness I've taken with me. And I was walking along the street and I was like, Sophie, you are worthy. Like, you are lovely. And I just started repeating. I was like, oh, this actually feels really good. So (laughs) the only point has been today before this conversation and I'm going to carry on and I'll report back to you how it's Um. going
0: oh this is meant to be this is like manifesting all over and <laughs> it's like syncing up um yeah okay amazing and then my last question for you I mean I could go on and on I could ask you a million questions because actually I've been really my whole life I've wished that I took the path of therapy training um,
1: um and I might even do it now so yeah well, see. well are you that i that's definitely an option highly sensitive people are great therapists so yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. well I'd love to um so yeah I I want to talk to you more about that but we're gonna have a session by ourselves um so that would be amazing absolutely that'd be lovely but yeah please could you tell us um a little bit about what you offer to your clients including like your free
1: guide which I've signed up for with monthly
0: support and all of that
1: oh sure so um I do one-to-one therapy sessions and that is and like the kind of main way I work with people at the moment and then I have what is my pride and joy of the Empowered Mum Club which I created a low-cost monthly membership where basically for the reasons that I was stating earlier like that it's that you don't need to have postnatal depression or postpartum anxiety or like these labels like we all need emotional skills in motherhood like we need to learn to regulate ourselves to like Uh, feel more confident to like learn how to find our identity again so I've created this whole membership where like a whole library of resources about like managing anger anxiety but then also having guests each month where talking about things like using nutrition for our mental health and I've had my she is now a friend her a stylist and like talking about how to like kind of dress to feel better and um, a shamanic healer about kind of hormonal balancing so all of the uh. stuff which mainstream maternal mental health completely misses i've put in a 7 pound a month membership so that's my main things and then i've got other bits of courses and everything as well and i've just started business coaching but anyone who wants to start a business yeah. i um you can come to me for that too
0: <laughs> oh my gosh all of that sounds amazing the empowered mum club i'm going to sign up to that because uh. um i think I think you're so right. Like it doesn't have to, you don't have to get to the point of a diagnosis of postnatal depression. Like if you, you know, check in with yourself before that and you start to take self-care, you know, that might be buying yourself a pair of jeans that make you feel really good. Mm. You, like uh, people underestimate the power of style and how that can make you feel and how much better it can make you feel about yourself. Um, I'm such a strong believer in that so yeah all of that sounds absolutely amazing oh are you still there yeah sorry it just went a bit like funny yeah Um, yeah, that's that's absolutely amazing yeah thank you I'm so signing up to that and you're just living the dream right now Mm -hmm. um
1: uh, that all just sounds so fun as well Oh, well, thank you. I can guarantee, I can tell you there's a lot of other stressful stuff going on. It's always a mixed (laughs) and complex picture, but I am loving my businesses at the moment and really enjoying that aspect of my life and also enjoying being a mum as well. Yeah, that's
0: that's amazing. Oh, Sophie, thank you so, so much for your time. And um, I've absolutely loved chatting with you and I can't wait to book a session.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's been so nice to talk with you as well. And I love what you're doing here. Oh, thank you so much.
0: Right, well, we'll speak soon and have a great rest of your evening. Okay, bye. Thanks, bye. Bye. Oh, how great does the Empowered Mum Club sound? I'm definitely signing up to that. There are so many things that I want to sign up for, but I feel like that is maybe the one that I really need. Just having a resource that you can go to when you're struggling with something and it's gonna like give you the skills and the tools that you need um yeah I love that thank you so much for coming on Sophie what a brilliant chat I think that it's really helpful to talk about anxiety it's really helpful to talk about how we are all really affected by motherhood um in many different ways and normalizing that is just brilliant so thank you so much and if you want to hear more from Sophie if you follow her on Instagram she's called at looking after mum and then she does one-to-one as well and she's just set up business for therapists as well on Instagram um the Empowered Mum Club there's there's loads of stuff that she's offering so go and check her out thanks so much guys I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week and yeah look forward to speaking to you soon bye